got some excellent help around here and tonight brother Chris is going to come and bring us something from the word of the Lord appreciate brother Chris he's uh, a lot of help to me most of the time behind the scenes he just does things that need to be done and you don't see it but it's happening and I really appreciate it we want him to come and bring the word of God tonight brother Chris praise God Praise the Lord, everyone. It is good to be in church tonight. Amen. We're going to turn right to the word of the Lord tonight. I believe I have a word for you. I don't plan to be a long time, but I plan to hear from God tonight. We're going to turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. Begin reading in verse 10. 2 Kings chapter 5, begin reading in verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again unto thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and he went away, and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come down to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. Are not Abana and far par rivers in Damascus better than all the waters in Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servant came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do something great, wouldest thou have not have done it? How much rather then when he said, he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Then he went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the sayings of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto flesh as a little child. And he was clean. I want to preach to you for a few moments on this topic called to do the impossible. Brother Stoops, would you pray? Father in heaven, we give you praise and glory and honor that the Holy Ghost Fill this house right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Put a special anointing upon Brother Chris McCray and put a special anointing upon all those who are within the sound of his voice. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name it is so. Amen. You may be seated. Call to do the impossible. We're going to run through the life of a few people here this evening to get started, but I wanted to start with this man named Naaman. You see, Naaman was a captain of the army of Syria, and the Bible says that he was a man with his master, and he was, but he was a leper. He was a great man. He was a, a great soldier. He was a great leader, but the Bible says he was a leper. And in a sense, he had come to the point in his life where he had just accepted being a leper and going about his day. But you see, they had gone down and they had captured this, this Israelite girl that became the, the servant of Naaman's wife. And she made a comment that said, oh, if, if my master would, would just go to the, to, to the prophet, he could be made whole. 
not going to go into the full story today, but we, we know that Naaman went in our story to the man of God, and, and he was told what to do, and he got angry and said, I, I really expect to just come down and say, thus and so, and it be done. But you see, sometimes there are things in our lives that require a little bit of action on our part. If we want to see something happen in our life or something happen in a loved one's life, sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone. Sometimes we need to step out of where we're at and say, I'm willing to do what I've got to do to see that thing happen. You see, in our day and age, it's very easy to get comfortable. It's very easy to, to sit back and say somebody else will do it because there's always somebody else that's, that's around. There's, there's always somebody else that knows how to do it. There's always somebody else that, that, that can do it better than me. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're, and you're wondering the same thing Naaman did. Maybe you're saying, well, why couldn't he have gone and dipped in the clean river? Why did he have to go dip in the muddiest waters there was? You see, God wanted to make sure on the instruction that he gave and when the healing came that he got the glory, that he got all of the praise, that, that it couldn't have been, well, well, it just happened because it was a clean river or by, by a human hand or, or by anything else. It, there was no way that it was ever going to happen on its own being in the dirty, filthiest waters there was around. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, it says, And the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come to me, and the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Called to do the impossible. If you want to talk about an impossible situation, Noah has just been given that very thing. My God, that's right. It doesn't say Noah knew how to build a boat. The Bible doesn't say he knew how to build anything. We don't even know if he's a carpenter. Brother Stoops called me yesterday and asked about the door, and I said, I can find someone that has some carpentry skills. I can labor it. But we got to have somebody that knows what they're doing. And we found Brother Kurt Dunn, and Brother Kurt Dunn and I came over, and, and I'll do whatever you tell me to do as long as you got the brains to do it. <laughs> but God told Noah, you are going to be the one to do it. He had all kinds of reasons to make excuses. It's going to take too long. It's going to be too hard. I don't have enough help. People are going to make fun of me. He was commissioned to build a ship the size of an aircraft carrier. In the ark was an enormous boat that was big enough to hold every species of animal. Imagine the sheer impossibility of even building such a boat, let alone trying to get all the animals into it. Uh -huh. But you see, Noah was a good man, and he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And because of that, he knew 
That if God instructed him to do something that he seemed impossible, he knew God would give him the means to do it. That's right. He knew that if God gave him something to do, that God wouldn't leave him high and dry. Amen. He knew that God gave him something to do that to the naked eye seemed like it couldn't be done. But he knew that God was going to be right there beside him the whole time. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if God's instructed you to do something, if God's instructed you to talk to somebody, if God's instructed you to teach a Bible study, if God's instructed you to talk to a co-worker, he won't leave you high and dry. He won't leave you there wondering what to say. He's going to put the words in your mouth. He's going to put the courage into your life. He's going to say, Go into what I've called you to do. I'm right there beside you. Yes. Amen. I like it. Yes. Noah would never have been able to calculate what it would take to build that boat on his own. To make sure it had the right buoyancy. To make sure it stayed afloat. He had to trust and obey God's plan. He couldn't alter it one way or the other. God said, do it this way. That's the way it had to be done. God said, do it exactly like this, this measurement, th this much pitch. He had to do it exactly the way it needed to be done, or he would have been lost as well. And sometimes, us with our human flesh, we say, well, we know a little better than God. We, we, we've been living on this earth for, for, for 40, 50, 60 years. I, I've, been, I've been around the block. I, I've, I've done things on my own, and, and I, I can make this, I can alter it a little bit. I'm here to tell you tonight, if God gives instruction, follow it to the letter. Follow it to the T and watch what He'll do in your life. Watch what He'll do in your family's life. Watch what He'll do in your children's lives. Watch what He'll do and how He'll raise you up above any problem that you've ever had. The people of Noah's day must have thought he was out of his mind. Day after day after day out there building this boat when there's not a rain cloud in the sky. But when the floodwaters came, Noah was glad he followed the instruction. Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse 9. Uh -huh. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself and saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure with my Lord, being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I for a surety bear a child which I am old? In verse 14, listen to this. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the, at, the appointed, at the time appointed, I will return to thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Oh, hallelujah. You see, these three men came. They're on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And they stopped. And they visited with Abraham and Abraham washed their feet and, and, and Sarah made them a morsel of bread and, and they killed a calf and they, they fed these three men. And these three men said, I'm going to come back at a time. And Sarah, which was barren, Sarah, which could have no children, is going to have a child. 
When Abraham was an advanced age, God told him he was going to have as many descendants as the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. But how could it be possible? Sarah was barren. It was a promise of God. God promised it. But Abraham never gave up hope. Abraham never said, well, it'll never happen. How could such things be? Yet Abraham believed in his heart that God was faithful and would fulfill the promise. Do you have a promise tonight that God has given you at some point in your walk with Him? That maybe you tossed aside and maybe you said, well, it's been years since God's made that promise to me and, and it never happened, so, so it, it must not be. I'm here to tell you tonight, if God made you a promise, whether it was yesterday or whether it was 10 years ago, God will fulfill that promise in your life. It is up to you to continually seek the will of God. It is up to you to continually pray. It is up to you to continually work towards whatever that is and wait and see what God will do. Because He is the God of the impossible. Amen. 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 Abraham never stopped believing that God was able to do what He promised, whether it sounded impossible to him or not. In Exodus chapter 3, in verse 3 and 4, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he had led the flock to the backside of the desert. He came to a, a mountain of God, even to Hebron. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burnt. And the Lord saw that he had turned aside, and God called unto him in the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. How many of us have heard the voice of God in our daily walk? How many of us have heard the voice of God in our daily duties? How many of us have heard the voice of God going about our busy schedule, but has not stopped and said, here am I? How many of us have, have been so busy that when God calls, maybe we don't really hear and know that it's Him? How many of us have been so busy with life and everything going on? That God has spoken to us and yet we have not responded. But if we would respond and say, here am I. And then take and turn aside and see that burning bush, if you will. God would look at us and say, take your shoes off. For the ground you're on is holy and I want to talk with you. I want to commune with you. I want to have a conversation with you. I want to walk with you and I want to talk with you today. I, I want to hear about all your problems. I want to hear about all your cares. I want to hear about the situation you're in so that I can help you through those situations. Moses was 80 years old when he stood before the burning bush, the presence of God. God had given him instruction. God had given him instruction to complete an impossible task.
Just think for a moment. God comes to you in the midst of a burning bush. He says, I want you to go lead two million people out of Egypt. I youth pastored for a number of years. We made many trips. Trying to keep 30 or 40 kids all together in an amusement park was hard enough, let alone two plus million. <laughs> so it was an impossible task, if you will. He had all the reasons in the world to argue with God. We already know he told God that, that he didn't speak well, and so why don't you find somebody else? He probably could have argued and said he wasn't fit for the job. He was an old man. This is a young man's job. But God called him because he was a willing vessel. God called him and said, I'm not asking you to figure all the details. I'm not asking you to sit down and write a business plan to move all these two million people out of Egypt. I've already got the business plan. I've already got what needs to be done. If you will just answer and go, it'll happen. Keep in mind, Moses grew up in Egypt. And he had to flee Egypt because he had slain an Egyptian. And now God is asking him to go back to the very place that he had to flee. That alone could feel like an impossible task. Surely when I enter into Egypt, they're going to kill me. Let alone the fact, even if Pharaoh lets me go, even if Pharaoh sends all the people with me, how am I going to care for them? How am I going to feed them? How am I going to give them drink? How, am I, how, how are we going to do this and that and the other? He had all the reasons in the world to say it is impossible to do, and therefore I'm not going to do it. But we know he was a willing vessel, and he followed the instructions of God. And if he followed the instruction of God to the letter and to the T, then he would be successful in what God called him to do. God just needed him to be the vessel. God was going to do all the heavy lifting. God has called each and every one of us to be willing vessels and to let him do the impossible so that he will get the glory. So that he will get all the praise. So that all your friends and all your family around will know that God did the work. It's not in your hands or in my hands or in Brother Stoops' hands, but it is in the hands of God that those things happen. God will show you just what you need and just when you need it. You see, He is a light or a lamp under your feet in Psalms 19, which I did not give you, Brother Pat. That scripture speaks volumes to me. I, I've said this before. God gives you a lamp under your feet. If you take a lamp and you go out into the dark, how much do you see? 
You see the exact surroundings around you. You can't see down the road. You can't see across the road. You can only see what's in front of you. God has given you a lamp to show you exactly what you need. If you had a flashlight and you could see way down the path, you would begin to get fearful. You would begin to be afraid. You begin to say, I can't do it. It's impossible. But God says, if you let me be the light or the lamp under your feet, then I will lead you every step of the way. Yet despite the enormous obstacles, Moses simply submitted to his destiny and obeyed the best, obeyed to his best of his ability, and God did the rest. You see, the story of God's faithfulness, provision, protection in the book of Exodus is one of the most remarkable accounts in the Bible. I love the book of Exodus. I love to see what God does and what He did for all of those individuals. So now that I've laid the groundwork to show you all that God that we serve can do the impossible and that He'll be with you every step of the way, Jesus commanded you and I to do the impossible. Just like He did Noah Abraham and Moses. He says it's only impossible if we try to do it on our own. But he's called us to do the impossible. In Matthew 28 and 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. You see, if you look at yourself and you say, it's impossible for me to teach a Bible study. It's impossible for me to witness to my co-worker. It's impossible for me to witness to that one at school. It's impossible for me to, to, to go up and, and lay hands on that individual that, that, is, that is in so much pain at work that I, I just can't do it. You, you're right. If you do it on your own, if you do it with your own hands, if you do it with your own might, it is impossible. But if you will trust God and you will say, God, I want to do the impossible through you. I want the impossible to happen through me because of you and that you will receive the glory and you will receive the praise. God will begin to do a work in your life that you've never seen before because he is God. The list of people in the Bible who God called to do amazing things can go on and on and on. Throughout history, God has always chosen very ordinary people to do extraordinary things. If you think you're just an ordinary person, that's great. Because that means God can use you. That means God can shape you. God can mold you. And God can make you what He wants you to be if you were just a willing vessel. He's not looking for a brass vessel. He's not looking for a gold vessel. He's just looking for a vessel that will yield to him and yield to what he wants and the desires that he needs you to do for him. Because of their willingness to simply yield themselves to the one who had created them and allow his purpose to be revealed in and through them, God used them for phenomenal things 
in a phenomenal way. It seems that one common characteristics, a character, characteristic of God's will is that it often calls us to do the thing that is impossible so that He receives the glory and the praise. But as we yield our lives to Him, He causes His divine plan and dream to come to reality. God takes great pleasure in doing things through you and through I so that He gets the honor. He takes pleasure in using you. He takes pleasure in guiding you. He takes pleasure in leading you so that He will get the glory. If the eye can do it, philosophy is true, then we wouldn't need the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of things in this life I can do. But there's so much more I can do when I rely on my Heavenly Father to go with me and ahead of me and before me and beside me. The you can do it mindset needs to be altered and say, I can't do it. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Finding the will of God is always required. Faith for the impossible. And a childlike dependent on Him. I'm going to wrap this up tonight. If you want to do the impossible with God's help, there might be a few things you need to do. You see, I've told this story before, but it's about a little Indian boy that came to church. And when the altar call was made, he walked down to the altar and he knelt down. And as he knelt down and he began to pray, and he began to talk to God, he began to pour his heart out, and it just wasn't happening. He wasn't feeling it. So he took his feather out of his hat. He placed it on the altar. He said, God, I give you my feather. And he prayed some more. And it didn't happen. He pulled his tomahawk out of his sheath and placed it on the altar. He said, God, I, I give you my, my tomahawk. And, and he prayed some more. And it didn't happen. And then that little Indian boy crawled up on the altar. And he laid himself across the altar and he said, God, I give you me. And that's when it happened. So tonight there might be somebody in the house and needs to come down and lay some things on the altar. Maybe you need to lay some things that are in your life on the altar. But when it's all said and done, you need to crawl up on the altar and say, God, I give you me. God, I surrender all of me. I surrender my life. I surrender my will. I surrender my tongue. I surrender my hands. I surrender my feet. Whatever you want me to do, just call me and I will go and I will do it. Let's stand tonight. Brother Joe, if you would come back. I want to make an altar call right now. If you want to do the impossible with God's help, 
If you want to be like that little Indian boy and come down and crawl up on the altar and say, God, I give you all of me. If you want to see things happen in your family, that's what it's going to take. If you want to see miracles, that's what it's going to take. Let's find a place to pray tonight. i